Um, as I said earlier, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Killers. I did my best to notice when the call came down the line. Up to the platform of surrender. I was brought, but I was kind. And sometimes I get nervous when I see an open door. Close your eyes, clear your heart. Cut the cord. Are we human? Or are we dancers? My sign is vital. My hands are cold. And I'm on my knees looking for the answer. Human by the killers. Um, Good tune. With a little background noise of Elvis over there barking at probably a shadow. <laughs> I put a uh, cough drop in so I don't cough, and of course I cough. <laughs> um, I, my mom, like early on, the things she's like, you gotta like take a halls because you like you make, you make too much noise. It's like I don't know. You born me. You made me, mom. Sorry. I'm Maybe a, that's I'm a the noise maker. portion of a podcast. Is I mean, it's natural. You naturally cough in a conversation. Hey, not preach on, brother. <laughs> but like we're in, um, we're just so we're live right now with the oh, madman, mad Devin Madden. Um, love this person, known him for a long, long time. And uh, anyway, we went over to uh, the Rock, the Attack of the Rock, and I'm not talking about Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> um, to play the cross, probably like 10, 11 years ago with Zach Greer. Mm-hmm. Um, recruited him. He's an old teammate of mine from Duke. Um, and remember we were at that, like, maybe the last night. It was like a, we're at some restaurant, nice restaurant, I think. Yeah. And there was like a piano player. Yep. He was jamming. We're all this big, I think, round table. <laughs> you might have fall, fell You might have nodded off like a Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway. I would have put that past me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, um, this song comes on. And it's like, like, what song is that? And uh, it's this song. And uh, and I didn't know the song at all. Like, I think it was a recent release, maybe, maybe even not, because I'm usually late on the get up with some of these the current music or whatever. I'm like five years behind, kind of like Europe. It's hard to know when the Killers ever came out. I I, I feel like I'm ten years behind the Killers. Stay up on that mic, boy. I feel like I'm 10 years behind on the killers on that. <laughs> so, um, but I'm like, all right, like, it's like one of those songs. I heard it. I heard this one time that like, if you hear a song and you don't see it, hear it to conclusion, that's a re- one of the reasons why songs get stuck in your head. Right. Because you don't like, I think maybe human nature is like, you want closure, you know? And, uh, for some reason, this song, I, I think I did hear it to conclusion. Maybe I'd, Somewhat heard it. It's dancing the night away. Um, but uh, I looked up the guy. Somehow found the guy. Looked the restaurant up. Looked up the entertainment guy. Emailed him. No, you didn't. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God. <laughs> I emailed him. And I'm like, this is a really cool song. And it was like, well, you know, thanks. <laughs> Where would it go? And it's like, something about like, something like, I don't know. I don't know the actual line that caught me. Yeah, you know that I was, I that I put in 
to the email, but whatever it is, he's like, it's probably human uh, by killers. It's a solid song. I enjoy it. This is, I think these are the years before Shazam when we could actually just like hold our phone up to the song. Hey. But it was live music. Having so, too much fun, uh, so, such fun that no human being should be ought to, ought to have. That's true. I butchered that line. I think it's a Rush Limbaugh line. Um, I don't think we played much lacrosse. I don't even know. <laughs> I, think I don't the, even know. I, all I know is the Canadians are nuts. Yeah, they're they're not bad. They're not great people, but they enjoy their their parties. They do. I mean, they have uh, their whole society is sort of orchestrated around. All right, you, everything's going to be sort of taken care of for you. You know, it's yeah. kind of an open state. You can smoke marijuana. You got a, like a paper clut. You can go to the, the the emergency room, but you might not be seen for like six months or something. <laughs> um, they pay for education through college, I think. I think that uh, yeah, I don't know much about it, so I'm not going to speak like an expert. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that's the equation for fun not like we're not having fun here could be <laughs> i still get happy birthdays from like rodney tap remember that old guy that played for played canada that? yeah team canada so to preface this story we did play for team canada garish and i so we we're the the u.s boys with the canadians yeah it's like hey i had some uh, you know i like uh maple syrup oh, yeah, that's just <laughs> maine <laughs> i like something from canada you know lacrosse. I like lacrosse, and lacrosse is the national sport of Canada. Yeah, I mean, to, I mean, we never won the championship there, nor I don't think we won a game, but we did have fun with the people that did win on the rock. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a solid vacation. The fat rhinos, remember that? Yeah, the fat rhinos. That's they had their stuff together. Yeah, they did. Remember I, the head? The head dude. This is black dude. He was good at lacrosse. Yeah, and just like everything was tight. They were like, they were doing calisthenics, yeah, ground ball drills. I had one of my, my one of my teammates from Penn State Pre-game. was on that team, and realized it until we got to Bermuda. You didn't realize it, so. Oh, I mean, yeah, and then you, you saw him there. You're like, wait yeah. a minute. So, what if that still goes on? I don't know. You're talking about a comeback, comeback tour. I don't know if I could play lacrosse anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this movie last night. Um, King Richard, mm-hmm. Will Smith plays. Uh, Richard Williams. Okay. You know, the father of yeah, Serena, Serena and Venus. Venus. <laughs> and I was like looking up these different like names from the thing. And, like one of them was Steffi Grant. Um, what was her name? Uh, what, uh, Ma, not my, oh my gosh. Uh, one that turned pro way young. What was her name? That guy. The Russian? No. Um, and uh, I looked her up again. Navatarola, maybe? Anyway, I looked her up again. I'm like, she might be making a comeback at like 37. It's like, okay. The fact that they're only 37 is still crazy. It feels like 30 well, years good, ago. Good point. It's like, I two, feel like that's peak athlete potentially. I mean, tennis is like, you got to start young, I guess. That's the nature of the sport. It seems like, like the younger, younger, but the movie, I, I, I watched it last night when I told you this morning, I kind of woke up. I didn't really sleep in. I woke up at six thirty, and I was just like, "I want to sit down and like kind of like distill my thoughts about it." And I wrote for like an hour, hour and a half. Um, but like, 
the Richard character, Richard Williams character, seems like uh, not. He seems uh, people. A lot of people say he's controversial and that mm-hmm. like he's very controlling, self-aggrandizing. Like he, it's all about him. He wants his kids to like succeed so that I don't know he can reap some sort of reward. But whatever his program was, it fucking worked. It worked, and it's worked for a long time. I think you've always. I mean, you look at a lot of highly successful, specifically athletes. I mean, but his like. Good. No. You're. I mean, the parents are always somewhat controversial. Yeah, almost. And, almost like you have to sort of, if you want to be like, yeah, you know, that next level. It's like you're not going to fit in. No, if, if if you don't do something that's hard, you're never going to. Alexander the Great. At it. Alexander the Great. You got to be on the feathered edge. What the fuck does that mean? The edge. Like you got to be on the fuck at the edge. The yeah, the edge of the edge. Right. Where it's like. If I hiccup, I might go over the edge, and it could be bad. But if you want to like sort of really reap things that not many people really ever do, you gotta get really close to the fire. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, <laughs> ride in the line. Um, but what I really liked um, about this character that Will Smith played, I mean, I, I'm not gonna fact check everything. You know, I love watching movies and write about them. But like, I don't. It's historical. I don't. I don't really care. You know, what is history anyway? You know, it's written by a fallible person that saw something and wrote it down. Does that person have a certain filter that he's going to r- probably write things through? Yes. You know, so what the, what separates fiction from nonfiction? I mean, right. it's a very, I think, fine line. And there's a really cool quote that I, I like, I've always sort of like gravitated toward is that um, um, stories, what is it? Um, uh, lot, stories are a lot, lies that basically stories or slash fiction are lies that tell a deeper truth. Mm-hmm. I've heard that yeah. in some from Westworld. It's a good show. Yeah, original season. Uh, I mean, I, someone, I didn't continue past one, the original season. I didn't either. <laughs> Once Anthony Hopkins opted yeah. out, I opted out. But yeah. he said that in the in the final episode, and he's like, "Lies that tell a deeper truth." Stories. But what I liked about. Um, uh, Will Smith playing uh, Richard Williams um, is that like he tried to preserve his kids that came from the hood that came from Compton and went out to, to um, Cal- uh, I'm sorry from California out to um, Florida from the spotlight as long as possible mm-hmm. tried to hold in as long as possible and keep him in schools we're not playing tournaments for you know a couple years to allow them to have a childhood almost knowing prophetically that he had these two daughters that are, as he says, going to shake up the world. Right. You know, when that happens and when he, when they, when he's like, as a scene, it's like when he's like, all right, fine, Venus, because Venus is a year older. She, she popped, I think a little sooner than, than Serena. Um, when uh, he's like, all right, I'll let you play in this tournament, but you realize your life's going to, is going to be completely different here on out. Um, and you want it to, like, I think, have that bedrock laid such that when you receive all these eyeballs and attention and money, don't forget. I mean, you have the, the training, not necessarily in tennis, yes, in tennis, but in life. Yeah. To be able to deal with it. You know, preserve their character. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I think. Cap- I think the most Capriati, just- Jennifer Capriati, <laughs> <laughs> coming back. Jennifer Capriati was the one who's like went pro at like thirteen. Yeah, 
one song, then it's just kind of like kind of fizzled, maybe. Well, I don't know enough. But anyway. In high pressure environment. There's that uh, Netflix show on. Who's that? I can't remember the name. I'm going to butcher it if I try to figure it out. But it was. Um, I mean, he was with Andy Roddick. Like, he came up with Andy Roddick. And that was fascinating to me. Um, just the high stress environment of that. The, just the whole tennis world and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it's individual sport. Yeah, I was the whole time I was thinking like individual sport versus team sport. I never really done individual sport except for swimming, and that was like Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> and in a sense, that's still team sport. So it, 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 it is, and, and I guess so is tennis until you get to like the upper levels, right? Yeah. <laughs> there, <coughs> but uh, so there are there's a scene um, in like. Uh, Venus is like playing the juniors, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's it's, it's it's ultra competitive, and then like and, and I see it, and you've probably seen it. It's just like parents like like hawking over like, like the whole term like snow plow, but it's not a snow, but it's just like almost a hovercraft sort of yeah. approach to what they're doing on the court. And like they come off and they don't perform, then they're like they're no longer there. They are, but they are their, their their son or their daughter, but they're like disparaged. Yeah, and they're like almost not beaten, but they're beaten with like the words that come out of their parents' mouth to them. Right, they're psychologically abused. You yeah, know? and like well, that's one piece, but the other piece is like, um, and you see it in tennis, you see it in golf, um, and you see like when they mess up. It's just like you just scream at yourself, yeah. <laughs> Which is like a, a great purity, instead of like you know, someone on a basketball team, LeBron, or you know, fill in the blank. Who else? Like like Durant or anyone? Beal. I like yeah. We should have rebounded better. I'm like okay, but it's just like you answer to you. Yeah, you, you and you alone. And that's it's tough. I mean. And, it's brutally honest. Yeah. And like you, uh, you see it in a, a lot, most of it, I don't watch that much tennis, but like breaking rackets, you know, and just like the other thing is just like when they just scream at themselves, you know, <laughs> out loud. It's just like this expression that just is directed out, but it comes right, it's directed in. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and, then, it, and then afterwards, it's just like, I mean, maybe more people need to scream at themselves. I mean, yeah. I think people, especially t- instead, I mean, instead of others, it's so easy. We've gotten to a sort of a place where it's like, I don't know. It's easier now to blame other people than it is to to look in on self. Yeah, I mean, it's. I read a. We've constantly had to read this in at work, but have you ever heard of internal and external limelight? Yes. No, but I just want to say yes. So, I mean, the whole preface or whole definition of each is internal limelight is internalizing the fact that something was your fault and you're accepting that. Like, you don't allow outside influences to say, no, that was, that was why this happened. It was me and right. me alone. External limelight is clearly blaming others for that. But that's always struck a chord with me. And I, I think. The pressure that, I mean, specifically for tennis players that are people under under is, I don't know. That's something I probably couldn't handle. I mean, in my opinion, it's hard. Yeah, no, that's I, I was a face-off guy in college, and 
I mean, that's a one-on-one -on -one game. It's a game within until a game. it stops. So you, I mean, like goalie, it's like you go and it's like all right, we play lacrosse. <laughs> Face-off people are more like involved, more plugged in, it's more a part of the game. But like a goalie, truly, just like go over there and just do goalie drills. Yeah, you're on your island. Yeah, it's a specific island too. It's yeah. a circular island. I like crazy. That. <laughs> My island. Right. No, it's it's interesting. I mean, I remember. Same with same with uh, face off. It's still yeah. there's still a circle. There used circle. to be a circle. An it's an X. I don't know how X marks the middle. Yeah. It uh in college, I was not allowed to take the first face off because I couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. I would go early every single time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you put me 15 times in the first face off, I'd go 15 times early. So. But from there on, I wouldn't. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of internalized pressure that you put on yourself, and it's interesting. It totally is. I mean, it's also to like to understand, you know, that this is what you kind of you do. This yeah. is kind of your your. That's literally your the scouting report. <laughs> but it's like in some somewhat of your DNA, such that like, I don't know. Just like more of a, uh, not behind the scenes, but just like once everything's going on, I'm good. I might not be the initiator, so what? You know? Yeah. But when everything's, the ball's rolling, Yeah. I can further that ball down the mountain. Exactly. So, <laughs> felt great on number two through number 23, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear you, bro. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like the highest calling ever is to like to know thyself mm -hmm. it's like shakespeare above, above this above all else be uh to thine own self be true and um and it's a constant like sort of like you know that's uh, i'm not just necessarily obviously talking about lacrosse and facing off but it, it no but it applies to everything you do yeah. you know it's just like it's a constant check-in it's a constant inventory it's uh I mean, if you sit around and just think about your feelings the whole time, nothing will get done. But you have to have a balance in that, like, you have to check in, you yeah. know. Um, daily, I do, uh, with, like, what am I doing? How does it make me feel? Does it agree with who I am as a 40-year-old soul that's, that I've developed, you know? Right. And uh, to an extent, if it, uh, if it does, like, the majority of it, then keep on, you know? Exactly. And then, like, you know, it's, uh, you only got one life, bro. Yeah. You know, it's like. One I, life, you got to live it how you I, want I, to. And it's, uh, the 24 hours, man, that sort of hit me, um, over the summer. It's just like, wait a minute. I have 20, it's 24 hours in a day. And if I, like, you want to, like, any, any chunk of that time is dedicated to something that, like, isn't like let's say like eighty percent of what I want to do, then I don't know, man. Life's too short. I mean, I'm and I'm, I'm a little bit lucky that like privilege and like I have a house. It's paid for and all that stuff. And it's like I'm yeah. not in. I don't have to, you know. I'm not scrounging and scrounging. Right. Um, but I, you know what? I've been taught for fifteen years. Coach for fifteen years. Yeah. You know, I, I made something on that. There's a lot of things that. I mean, taking that inventory on a daily basis is sometimes hard, and I think the biggest, I mean... Hardest things are the most important things. Yeah, agreed. I mean, having a four-and-a-half-month-old baby now... Can you just talk I mean, to that, it, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's. 
I mean, it was my wife and or my wife Justine and I talk. I mean, before baby and after baby, it's like it's a couple hour shift. Your life has changed, and I mean, yes, it's added stress, but it does allow me to take an inventory of my life and say, "Got everything before him." It's nothing compared to now, you know, it's, and then kind of the, the things that we're discussing, I mean, how parents treat their children as they coach them or um, berate them and kind of the things you've learned throughout your childhood and with your parents and with coaches and just watching things on a, it just it allows you to kind of figure out the ways that you want, or at least yeah, I yeah, want, yeah. I want yeah. my son to be. Yeah taught obviously he's probably gonna play lacrosse i mean that makes the most sense yeah i just want to go paint and like yeah you know, like play but violin great yeah i mean the the inventory of our I will lives support you yeah it's it's a very fun thing to think about now it's amazing so you have a, you have a son what's his name rogan <sighs> so um they full name rogan michael lynn we're gonna keep it all irish here so and there is there. I asked you this before, but is there a little connection between that and Joe? Zero connection. Shut up. I promise. <laughs> no, but like, like through proxy or through happenstance. No proxy like, or happenstance. All right, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Moving right along then. What's your favorite cereal? <laughs> um, but anyway, you love Joe Rogan. I, I do. Love Joe yeah. Rogan. So it's yeah. like it's not. You're not going to say no. No, I do. I highly enjoy listening to yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah. Podcast is the, to me the greatest medium you can. I think for people, I mean, you've always been a pretty big reader. Right? Yeah. I remember, I remember when you were reading Pillars of the Earth. No, Pillars of Community. Pillars of the Earth. <laughs> yes. You know, by Ken Follett. Follett. I was like, is it French? Um, and I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And it's like, bam. I'm like, mm, not going to do it. You still haven't read it yet? No. What? You got to read it. Did you give it to me? I mean, what do you have? I, I felt like I've given it to three people, but I'll listen you have to, to I'll, read I'll it. listen to it. You listen to it. It's fine. I mean, historical, not, historical, historical fiction, fiction about the the building of uh, cathedrals. Correct. correct? Yeah, Europe. and and there's a you haven't sequel, read it yet, <laughs> and there's a sequel too, World uh, Without End, okay. and I think there's an actual prequel too that just came out. Ken Follett. Yeah, he just yeah he wrote a new book. Let's get him on the podcast. Recently, um, yeah, he's he's written some great books, but. I highly advise listening to it at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. It's a great. I'm. I like nonfiction books for the most part, but that was probably the best book I've ever. It goes read. back to my whole problem with what is fiction and what is nonfiction. I mean, one comes from an imagination, and the other one comes from the witnessing of an event. I guess you could you can meld them all together. That's where you get historical fiction. Yes, to a point. It's, yeah. Yes. But, I, I think. I think. There, I think. There's. I think everything's fiction. And then it's on, it's Unless on a, you lived and it. And it's on a slide rule. Right. I mean, even if you lived it, it's just your perspective. Yeah, you can ask 10 people on the same, within the same, it's kind of like witness testimony. 10 different people yeah. see one thing and they have 10 different stories. And it's also, uh, history is written by the victors. Yeah. You know? Win the game and then write an article about it and, and tell <laughs> me that's truth. <laughs> right. You know? That's why I like philosophy, personally. But like it's interesting that like like back then I'm like no no freaking way you know what I'm saying <laughs> that's how I used to be three I mean, four inches that's thick no. eleven hundred page book I think. um and still like to this day like I mean I've read you know 
lots of freaking huge ass books. Um, but I found confidence in um, my I, the first time I ever thought realized that I was intelligent, smart was I when when I went to Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah. I've always like I'm just kind of like you know I'm I'm athletic. Uh, I'm nice. Um, I am, you know, whatever. Yeah, just, I just but why did you, other, why did you establish that in Santa I, Fe? Um, or how did you establish that? When I, when I started reading like some of this philosophy and like, all right, let's get into it. So the first, my first semester there, right. Um, I got through it. Mm-hmm. It was eight weeks. Took a year off modern day and everything, you know, right. Um, got through it. Did okay. Um, I was like taking a taking a year sabbatical. Modern day is holding my seat and all that stuff. And um, and like, all right, fine. This is gonna be like a nice little break from everything. And you know, I did it the first semester. And it was difficult. And anyway, so then I came I came back home two weeks. Spent most of the beach. Um, went back out there. Started taking philosophy, mostly like, like he- sort of heavy philosophy and theology. And I'm like, this is not jiving. It's not sticking mm-hmm. to the wall. The pasta is not sticking. It needs to go back in the pot. <laughs> this is like not. It's not jiving. And um, this one professor out there, his name was still is Davis, um, Matt Davis. Um, they actually call them tutors because like they don't profess anything. They just help you. Huh. They help you bring out. The idea of Plato spoke about it or wrote about it. The idea of like inside of you are all these ideas. They just need to be lit. Yeah, just got to be. Just got to be pulled out of you. That comes no from such Plato's thi- cave. There's no such thing as it's like learning something that is foreign. It's there. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just uncover it. Anyway, he helped me to like discover to help me light this sort of fire and like. The first book we read was Aristotle's Metaphysics, which is widely considered one of the hardest philosophy reads yeah. of all time. And I was like, at that point, like ready to sort of mail it in. She can get through this thing. Um, and then he's like, no, no, no. Come with me. Meet with me like Tuesday, Thursday in my office at like 10. I'm, like, I'm not working. You know, I'm, I'm working on this, this, this master's. I did that. And I was like, um, there's this whole like sort of debate. Like what comes first, like um, success or confidence? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it for me, it was uh, I guess confidence, um, confidence in like a behind closed doors. You know, like yeah. I was I was reading and talking with him one on one, and um, he's like, "Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think that's right." I'm like. All right, then I can sit around this table. So it's a table of like, I don't know, like fifteen or so people, and you're like, you're expressing your thoughts, and that's a hard thing to do. Oh yeah, like I read this thing, and this is what I think about it. It's very intimate and uncomfortable, and I started doing it, and it was like it kind of, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Billy, yeah, Garish, go." I'm like, "All right, I can do this," and then like. Ever since I haven't looked back, yeah. I, I love reading, I love philosophy, I love thinking, I love talking. I'm curious as well. 
Cat. That's why they call me Whiskers. That's. But I've always sort of had it. Go that's it. That's an interesting perspective. You, the confidence the comes first. first. I mean, first time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, it's almost a chicken and the egg debate. You know, kind of. But I, I mean, if I, if you were to try to pinpoint, like, how do you become successful in something, or a hobby, etc. What is it that sparks it first? Like, does it, is it the knowledge or is it the confidence? And it's clearly the confidence. I've never even looked at that. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. light bulb moment for me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, I think that's more true than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to, you have to be confident enough in yourself and confident enough in what you say or do to at least take that first step. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have some sort of, I guess, measure of success maybe just into self like i'm throwing the the crossball against the wall and i'm catching it repeatedly so i'm like hmm i'm pretty good at this this might give me confidence it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's where does the confidence it's maybe where does the confidence come from you know is it from yourself or from uh, i need oftentimes validation external validation right from other people saying hey you did a good job and that sort of helps to snowball yeah the process, um, but it's like it really. I remember the story that I heard was like an NFL head coach was sitting at his desk. It's kind of some guy comes in, who knows what, um, and it could have been a janitor, could have been a prospect, whatever. It's like what comes first, confidence or success? It's like what a psychological, what a philosophical question, you know. Um, I think yeah, it is. I think it's probably confidence. I, I I mean, <laughs> I don't think there's you a right said confidence. I, I think the right answer would be confidence too. You have to have, you have to have something set there in order to, to, to spur like what it is. Then it's like even yeah. athletic ability. People have natural gifted athletic athletic ability, but you also have others that have the confidence to practice that craft enough to where they get to the. I mean, uh, to be uh, experts at to it. To flesh it out a little bit further, um, it could be that, like, uh, there's an element of self-understanding mm-hmm. and that, like, you know what? Like, I went and hauled Christmas trees for eight hours over the weekend. You know, I, I, I didn't – it was okay. I didn't totally enjoy it. And I don't even think – I don't think I was that good at it because half, half the time I'm, like, staring at different things that are going on around me and people are looking at me weird. sorry i just i'm kind of curious you know um and sometimes i get distracted and i love that part i love that reality which is my brain um to understand what your brain is Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying to understand what you're good at the talents that god or whatever that you've crafted or god gave you um and then to go down that route um then you sort of like um confidence would will come from that once you've again identified identified um the blueprint or whatever the gifts of your soul yeah you know what i'm saying i, I agree i mean that's I, a huge starting point i no, it's there's there's god-giving talent and then there's talent that's earned and i'm just saying like I'm just saying, like, I think I have a philosophy that's like, I think everyone's a genius. Everyone has a genius quality. Oh, yeah. Everyone has a genius quality. Just like it's a matter, the, the hardest thing to do is to figure out what the, what the fuck it is, right? And when you find it, then you're like, and then you do it. I mean, and it, it might be totally under the right, nobody will ever know, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're the best at cutting grass, you know? 
You know, that's, and, and you love doing it. And yeah, you can lay down those lines genius, well. It's a genius quality. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. See them baseball outfields? Come on now. <laughs> Play some tic-tac-toe out there. Um, but finding the genius thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's almost like, uh, like then like the wind's at your back. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then it's easy. It feels easy. Then, then you, you kind of. find the right rut. Which in which your marble will go the right direction, and, right? You know, no, I mean, I, then it's almost like confidence, and success is almost the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, when you become an expert at something, and I mean, it makes it easy, and then then you have certain people that get interested in multiple facets and never become an expert at everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can be like, all right, my genius quality is to be a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. So. Or it's like, you know what? You're just a curious motherfucker. You're like, I yeah. mean, but I still think that maybe that's just it, you know? Like for me anyway, I, I don't know what I'm good at. I'm like, I'm really, I love people. I'm really good with, I think, understanding people and relating and, and, and getting people to uh, be happy or around me, you know? No, I, I look, <clears throat> what you're good at, because I've seen this. For years, you're good at. I mean, reading the person, reading the room, reading environments, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very people like, genuinely love you. I mean, I live or live <laughs> around numerous people that know you. Yeah, and you. so it's a it's like a it's an amorphous. I mean, yeah, you said it well. Thank you. Um, it's like an amorphous, or it's a um, sub- kind of a subjective idea. I'm not like you know, hey, this guy's really good at making tables. This guy's really good at like you know um sales or whatever um what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that um i think everyone does have a thing that, that they're I, I, yeah, exceptional at, doubt. exceptional at. yeah and then some are definitely exceptional at something but they never allow it to come to fruition i think that's another that's, factor i think that's why you gotta keep beating the drum of like reflection yeah. as best you can and then some people you know what they're born into a situation in which that they maybe can't pursue what they love to do right you know and uh I know. no i mean i think that's the i think you and i have been blessed with i mean great families and growing up in an area that afforded us a life that good schools good everything good environment the, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we we kind of had the whole spectrum of what we, if we wanted to do something, we could do it. Here's the buffet. You know, yeah. Pick the exactly. one that, 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 that you think smells the best. Right. And, and eat it. And produce. Do you, I've, I don't know if I have a theory on this because mm-hmm. maybe it's going to be controversial halfway, but the fact that you went to Santa Fe and like you, at that point, like you obviously went to Duke. Duke is exceptionally academic school mm-hmm. and obviously there's a lot of very smart people etc and there's a lot of smart people around the entire country but sometimes i feel like i'm in certain situations where because of where i grew up and where i went to school etc i felt more comfortable talking mm-hmm. with people that didn't go to those schools uh-huh. i don't know it's kind of weird so you feel, uh so sometimes like uh, I was a little slightly more confident to be able to say or like voice my opinion. Yeah, around people that don't 
uh, that might not necessarily know you or your background or, right. or you know your family and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah, because there's pressure there. Because I think you're almost like you're speaking to one person, but you're speaking to a group of people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's why you're you don't want to take the first face off. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you know? maybe it takes that pressure off. <laughs> I think I think that you're, you're. Oh, you don't know six other people that I know. It's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're more of like a reactive maybe personality or um, a. Um, I'm. I don't know if I'm. It's it's it's. I I don't like the whole idea of like an alpha and then like a beta personality mm-hmm. um but uh maybe you're like a um i don't know just like an observer or like uh more of like a wait for something to happen then you jump in sort of thing i can kind of see that yeah justine can probably speak to that yeah i think i think i i have a tendency to i can read someone pretty fast yeah and then decide if i need to continue to give them the time of day or not sometimes i mean yeah i'm on this podcast right um i'm the quote host and this is my it's taken me a long time to sort of understand what makes me feel the most comfortable mm-hmm. i'm most comfortable reacting in life in a way like if somebody starts something or starts a conversation i can jump right in and like give a lot of insight and be funny as shit yeah you know what i'm saying but i'm not gonna start spitting jokes or you know start it's not necessarily my i don't think uh, it's an error in my quiver but it's not the sharpest right you know what i'm saying um so for a while doing this podcast i'd be like i kept like driving the ship i'm like but i it's just like i don't really like first off i don't like driving (laughs) (laughs) not a good driver because i look at i look at everything because um, I'm, I'm an observer. I'm curious as fuck. Yeah, I'm just you like being at, the passenger. Yeah, you want yeah. someone else to drive it. Yes, yes. But like, you're that first mate, not the captain. But yeah, but I can like, I can make decisions though. Yeah, exactly. I'm really good decision maker. Or, uh, I can be like that. Um, but um, I understand big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like I'm t- I'm gonna coach lacrosse in the spring and the, the JV. I want to be the head coach. I'm not want to be anything else but the head coach because I don't. Right. I, I don't want to do X's and O's. I don't want to do st- stupid D drills. I just want to like see the whole thing. Yeah, you have the full spectrum of it. I mean, I, I'm good at taking things in like that. But um, what was I going to say about? Oh yeah, the podcast. Um, the last podcast I did was with Christy Dean. Christy Dean. She lived in the Chase. I don't remember. She's the dog walker. I don't know. I didn't like, but she she's a blonde girl. She's like you know she's a lovely, lovely, lovely person. She had her own uh, business, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Pause for a walk. Anyway, um, that was the first time that I'm just like, let's roll. Yeah, like, truly, like let's roll, and like you see know. what comes out. Yeah, kind of whatever happens, happens. Like I mean that that makes the most interesting conversation for the most. Like, how's your interview? I'm like. I don't like that. I like it's a conversation, you know. It's not yeah, because you're not starting out with questions or notes, or you're having a regular conversation. That hap- that that I think holds um, truth to it. That people, hopefully, they do deem it uh, valuable. You know, I I think and I mean this. If type- nothing else, it's just like let's just be fucking real, and that that's the lesson, right? 
And I think this medium allows it to happen. Um, I mean, you're, it's not scripted. I mean, you're kind of running through whatever comes up in your head and yeah. as fast as it does and, or as slow as it does, it yeah. kind of just flows out that way. So, uh, I love Rogan. You love Rogan. Um, you listen I to like two Rogans. So <laughs> this is true. Corny dad joke. This is true. <laughs> Capital R. And then, then there's the Rogan. <clears throat> um, and, um, that's one of the reasons why I started this thing. Cause I was like, maybe I can do this with my friends. Yeah. That's what Joe does, you know, in you know, in Texas now, but, um, I was listening to, first off, I, I'm, freaking thankful that we're like back together connecting it's been too long agreed you know whether it's a microphone or not second off i was listening to the um cam haynes podcast mm-hmm. uh, i'm like probably maybe a couple episodes behind the the wave right now <laughs> the current wave of like <clears throat> i wanted to get to the point where just like all right it's out i'm listening to it i'm gonna listen to it and I'll be done with it in today or in, or tomorrow his are so hard sometimes though I what mean, do you mean because they're so long they're three hours yeah yeah, yeah. You gotta just like create a four, think, four think, hour Doesn't work he day. come out with three a week? So. A lot. <laughs> Very like prolific. Right. But anyway, I thought of you, bro. I'm like, let's go. You know what I want to do? Maybe like, I just want to like, to be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. You know? To eat what you kill. Like, I do feel bad for animals. Like, that are, get, that are treated poorly. You Agreed. Know, yeah, if I you, if you like, it's the whole idea of like Cameron Haynes or Hines Haynes Haynes. He's like you. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I think you, you you're probably more familiar with him than I am. He trains such that he trains like maniacally um, physical training and all that stuff. Such that when he goes and hunts, it's like a service to the animal that he's killing. Such that he's in such good shape and has so much practice that the killing of the animal is swift. Yeah, I mean, you look at any. That's exactly what how he would establish and define it. But yeah. I think any hunter would define it that way too. You want an ethical kill. Yeah. You also want to be able to. I mean, for the type of hunting that he and I do, I'm not gonna put myself in that same realm as Cameron Haynes. But you go, you go there. Um. Yeah, I mean, you need to be in very 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 good shape and you need to train specifically for that right aspect um, of it right uh just checking the mic levels right now check one two all right you know what time it is little boys room time Worst we'll be smart. back cinemax made pillars of the earth show did they daddy work like a mule mine in pike county coal Fucked up his back, couldn't work anymore He said one of these days you'll get out of these hills Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills See the ways of this world just bring you to tears Keep the Lord in your heart and you'll have nothing to fear Live the best that you can and don't lie and don't steal Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills Not, not bad advice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back, baby. Um, 
know what I miss? I don't know if I miss it, but like I never really experienced it. Was like movies that had intermission. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, my dad always had me watch the like the Guns of Navarone and all these older films. I guess back then you call them. They don't intermissions. It was the double tapes. Remember you go to Blockbuster and get double tapes no, leaves? If you, if you listen to like um, De Palma or like old directors, Cesar B. DeMille, um, and they'd be like, yeah, there's an intermission in every film. Yeah. So, so first off, the cinema was like such a more of like a sort of like a meeting place or like a forum or like people went to the cinema. Right. And they watched the movie. Um, they didn't. They didn't have all the, the platforms that obviously we have now. They do that, and it's a social thing. It's a social yeah. thing, such that like they it would break at, at an hour and ten minutes, and everyone would go outside. They talk about it, they smoke a cigarette, and like like swap ideas and like you know what's going to happen next, blah blah blah, and uh, help digest it as a um, as a as a community. Yeah, I lo- I mean. I feel like I'm more old school than anything. I mean, I love, I feel like I loved it before cell phones and internet. <laughs> yeah. I was only a kid, but I definitely lived during that. And some days it would be nice. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, it's hard to like put the top back on Pandora's box, which is like all the technology. Yeah, you can't, you'll and, never be uh, able to. You can't. No. You, you can't stem, stymies, whatever it is. Stop human innovation. You no. know, you can't. Not not in a capitalist society, which mm-hmm. I think is like the best sort of society of like incentive on creation, you know. Right. Get to the moon. Get beyond it. Get to the next frontier. You know, that's the that's the human spirit. Um, but it's just like now we have all this stuff around us. It's just like the age old adage of just like keep it every, keep it all everything in moderation, you know. And if it's not now. There's a lot of noise. I mean, no, 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 but like, still, I think everything in moderation, even yeah. like cell phones and Instagram. Agreed. Everything, everything that that life throws at you more now. It's like you play that like uh, play Contra, right? You start with a single shooter, and then now that life's not now is a spreader. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like everything's kind of coming at you, but still, if you can kind of just like okay, entertain different things, but just like you no, know, have the discipline, you know, yeah. to be able to like turn things off when they need to be turned off no i yeah it, that, that's you can see it i mean i can even see it with sometimes my nephews like screen time i mean there's there's a reason that ipads have parental controls where they can limit screen time because it's a serious i think there's a serious issue with it but that's me i mean that's parent, parent we'll see we'll see I, I plan, I obviously have a four and a half month old, so he's not watching, playing games, et cetera, but I have better ideas in my mind. thinking so. down the road, you know? Yeah, it's down like, the road when he does things, gonna, dad and he are going to do a lot yeah. more outdoor things, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're like of another generation. <laughs> you said earlier, yeah, off like, air, it's like, man, I don't know about this 21st century stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what did you say? Oh, yeah, I mean... I was born at the uh, wrong time. Yeah, you're born at the exactly right time. Yeah. And you're doing the exact thing that you should be doing is hanging out with me, talking life. Agreed. It's, it's freaking awesome. And you're, and you're good at it. And like, you, like I'm going to say it anyway. 
um, like I would pause to go to the bathroom and uh, this is fun. I'm like, it's fun. Anything you think is fun, it means you're probably pretty good at it and you're pretty good at just like being real and talking, talking life and putting yourself out there. You know, it's not easy to put yourself out there and have who knows who knows who knows who's going to listen to this. Thing. I know my parents listen to you. Great. <laughs> they called me and they said we listened to my dad just he found the magical world podcast i mean within recent time and then they called me the other day on the way to the beach because they've now figured out how to use bluetooth in the car and we've been listening to garish on his podcast like oh, yeah what'd you think and like garish is the greatest voice for which is true i mean there's no denying that even justine says the same thing so that does help with it but it's funny it's, I don't know if I'll ever listen to myself. I don't mean, I don't even like listening to my podcast. You know, it's like some actors don't even like to watch them on themselves on screen or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's a freeing, it's a freeing, um, recreation. Yeah, that I like to, to how I've how I've um, come to understand it. Of like, um, it's just you and I. Like I was listening to Rogan. It's like it's just Rogan and Snoop Dogg talking. <laughs> then Rogan's like, I have no concept, Stephen. Now still that like you know thousands, millions of people are are going to hear this at some point, and it's like, um, it's it's a it's a it's a a wild idea and i think it's it's a freeing idea there's a quote by alexander the great and he's like um if i free myself from from fear um then i free myself from anything everything Mm -hmm. everything you know yeah the fear that i'm kind of talking about right here is just like personal um uh insecurities or holdbacks and all that sort of stuff yeah. and then so if you just get it this is who i am I, you know i know i had a i was excited when you texted me about it i was like yeah i'll go on that journey with you oh yeah um, great word for it but also before i left my house i was i had like some heart palpitation i was talking to justine i was like why is my heart kind of moving like that <laughs> and i guess it's that insecurity yeah. to, to talk I don't know. I don't it's, think uh, I've let myself open, but it's still like it's. I think it's just a fascinating type of world, just to mm-hmm. kind of. And I think it's shoot I think the it's, shit. I think it's cool as can be that like um, how popular, or how prolific, or how how the whole idea of podcasts have uh, propagated, or just have become so many. So many people have them, um, which is I think. Joe on his show always says like you should have your own podcast you should have your own podcast yeah because I mean it's a form of therapy um, therapy can be has been a sort of a taboo word um, and it's it's becoming not so much which I think is wonderful because it's uh, allows people to um, talk about you know who they are like bear their inner things that um hauling christmas trees like i go back to that like nobody's talking i was like i was trying to like talk to some of these people over the weekend i'm like nobody really wanted to talk I'm like, really okay so we're gonna haul a bunch <laughs> of christmas trees and 
Do good that work. That could be your nightmare. Do good work, but it's just like everyone is sort of like a vault of their own sort of feelings and ideas. And I'm not saying this, I'm not broad stroking and putting with a broad brush the whole, you know, idea of like, quote, manual labor or stuff like that. That just people just keep in their own word, worlds and they go back and they drink a half dozen beers, they go to bed and they do it again, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, but some people are okay with that. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. It's fine. Um, I just, I'm just not one of those people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can anyway, definitely yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I've like, I don't know. Maybe it's cause like, I think that we talked again off air about how I've had like some depression and stuff. And, uh, um, the best way to get through things that are going through inside of you is to get them outside of you and talk mm-hmm. about it with other people. Right. Um, so that you can externalize it. And other people can give you thoughts about X, Y, and Z. And just like just the process of speaking it, even if you're speaking to the wall, like even if you're writing in a journal, it's cathartic. Right. It, it's freeing. I agree. I mean, yeah, if you, even just, I think the, the greatest thing sometimes is I vent to Justine. You have the stresses of work, you have the stresses of life, yeah. and you get to vent. I mean, just that, like, you, it, like letting it loose instead of keeping it in. It's like crying. Yeah. How many times, like, after you cry, how good do you feel? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a weird release, man. It's like that. It's like SEX. That's a release. It feels great afterwards. Um, you could say you can almost like put crying on the same sort of wavelength of like a workout because you expend, you sweat, and you you get rid of a lot of things that are inside of you. And there's the uh, post workout high, right? It's like, I mean that's the yeah it's all in the same sort of realm of getting things out. I think right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I I have to imagine that I mean doing this is just a like you said cathartic. Mm-hmm. I always wonder this is. Clearly, the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Could have fooled me, bro. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, but it, it, I mean, it is. It's neat. Just uh, obviously, you see so many different perspectives of people's lives and so many yeah. different like stories. So many different things. I mean, that's got to be fast. That's the most fascinating thing to me. Like, just listening. I think that's why people like podcasts. Like it's real life. Most not, of it, yeah. For the mo- yeah, for the most part. But it's not. My, it's not my approach movie. to it is like exactly that. You know, I'm not an expert on anything, you know. I talked about it earlier. I'm not a a guru. I'm not a guru. You know, I'm that's just not who I am. I'm I'm not I'm never gonna screw down on one domain and be like, I know I wanna really know all there is to know about whaling, like like Melville when he wrote Moby Dick or whatever. Right. I just don't have that discipline so to so to speak. Not necessarily like, you know what, like I'm really gonna sit down and go pre med, like I could try to do that, but I'm probably not going to do a good job of it because that's not sort of like where my talents are aligned. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But um, hmm. you have to be interested in something that you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. I know there's plenty of things that I could probably do, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, and if, if you did it, you probably wouldn't be that good at it. No, because no. I wouldn't have that vested interest in it. So true, bro. You gotta want to do whatever it is that you're doing, if you want to be good at it, right? You know, so that's all goes back to the whole thing. Oh, the, one of our first principles of like finding out whatever it is that you know the gift 
everyone's got a genius quality and find it and then freaking hammer it out and do it like you making knives let's go (laughs) (laughs) segway yeah about that western expansion (laughs) devin's got his new truck i'm like those are western tires (laughs) they are pointed to the west actually they're pointing to the east that's why you should have pulled in front wise (laughs) in the driveway they would have pointed west baby chase that sun chase that sun into the go west young man a lot of truth to those words it is um, so Cameron Hines, awesome, right? It's freaking stud or what? Um, is he one of your, is he one of your like role model? He's not. No, or? no. I mean, he he's the exception to the rule. I think, and he's just he's so much further out there. I think mindset wise, he's probably the best you could actually follow with. My, I don't gather. I enjoy seeing the people that are very successful as far as like professional people, but I mean the people behind like my story of hunting are just like normal people. I like how he, I like how he runs his life. I mean he I you train specifically to be successful at that and he's mm-hmm. very, very, very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean when I go out west to hunt, like I train specifically for that hunt. So I'm successful and I'm able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, I treat it similar to like I was playing lacrosse. I mean, you practice, you practice your craft and mm-hmm. your craft needs to be exceptional to make sure that you're successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the greatest thing about hunting and I mean, obviously Cameron Haynes is like I said, the exception. I mean, he's just, he's like a Goggins. I mean, there's, they're two pieces of pot, but, He's had 33 years of this constant knowledge and constant trial, error, things like that. But what what I love about hunting specifically is that, I mean, it's called hunting. It's not called being successful in killing. Um, so you have to, like we've been talking about mindset. We've been talking about how everything kind of sets up with that. I mean, hunting has every aspect of that you have the mindset you have the physicality of it you have everything you need to be very very good at just to be successful in that one split second but all the days all the weeks all the months leading up to those that's all that counts to it and that's what i love about it i think that's what's more fascinating to me and what's more fun to me is the training is the journey it's the the training it's the journey to get there like yeah i mean the shot is stressful the shot is i mean you're racing but sometimes you're very calm i mean because the people i guess i mean we could probably go back and we'll probably go back in a lot more detail but people get what's called buck fever when they get presented with that opportunity to take a shot Mm -hmm. um what i classify as a successful opportunity to shoot is when you're not freaking out, when you're not, you don't, your heart rate's not accelerated because you've already trained well enough to know that you can definitely do that. You pull that trigger, pull what, whichever, and do and, and hit it. Right. So, I mean, hold that's on one, hold on for one, hold on for one minute. Indeed. I'm trying to adjust these things. 
All right, check one, two. All right, check one, two, three. I think that's better. Huh. Yeah, I got you. All right, you say something. Can you hear there. me? Say more. <laughs> can you hear me longer than anything else? Yeah, yeah, you're good. All right, so um, I think that uh, there we go. Um, sorry, just adjusting the modules because I took the, I took this uh, the whole apparatus up to um, Pennsylvania. Thoughts that maybe I'll podcast like the Christmas tree guy or whatever. But his like you know. His whole thing is just like a hyper small season um, in which that he needs to get Christmas trees on trucks and get them out to families, which he's doing right now. So uh, no time for podcasting. Interesting. That's why you're here. <laughs> anyway. Um, no fun. The whole idea of like all of practice, talking about practice, <laughs> is like to almost like turn yourself into a robot in such that when you do it, when it counts, you're not even thinking about it. And it's like muscle memory. Um, and yeah, that's like, that's the thing. This is take the, almost like the feeling out of it and just execute. Cause you've done it so many times. Yeah. I mean, the feelings there, I mean, emotionally it's, it's not fun to <laughs> what kill something. I mean, not? It's not. I mean, it is once you finish it, but it's not fun. I don't enjoy it. That's not what I enjoy. Like I said, I like everything that's leading up to that. Yeah, and then the success from there. Right. Um. So you're saying it could be anything? Then it could be like bocce ball. The process of getting. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it. I mean, that's the whole the whole idea was like whatever it is that you love to do. It's from this movie, you know, that I watch, King Richard. It's like. He wanted the black, his kids from the freaking ghetto of Compton not to be on the corner turning tricks. Right. That's was his objective. And the tennis is was the, the thing that he got interested in and thought that that could be their vehicle such that they could become productive members of society, happy, um, good human beings. Um and live a long life, you know, after maybe having success with the uh, round green felt ball. Yeah. You know? I I think, yeah, a I lot mean, of... I mean, yeah, it's like a no duh. It's a slam fucking dunk. That's the idea. It's all about the fucking process. It is. I think the process is there, but I mean, I think the biggest aspect of it is mindset. I mean, that's... I was recently in Alaska and right. that was a planned hunt for the last three years. And I've pushed it for three years because so originally my father-in-law and my wife, Justine was supposed to go. Cause my wife is from Oregon. She hunts, she hunts, she grew up hunting. She found you. Yeah. <laughs> you found her. It was like a perfect each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so crosshairs, baby. It, um, XOXO. I always tease her that I married her that I thought she was going to take me out west to Oregon, but we're still here. So far. there's still <laughs> we we live a couple blocks down the road, but um, but yeah, originally that trip was planned because I mean Justine and her dad had gone. This is Kodiak Island, Alaska. They'd gone for her senior trip, senior trip in uh, after high school, and they hunted Sitka blacktail out there and we wanted to do it all together. So it was planned and 
she couldn't go on this trip because we have now a four and a half month old baby. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it ended up being her dad and brother and we all went and I, I wasn't successful. Um, right. I mean, I was successful in the fact that I was able to test everything out, but what I specifically went there for wasn't there. And the right. mindset of that, I mean, I, I luckily met this guy from Alaska and I ended up hunting with him the whole week. So we, we hiked 36 miles all together. Every morning was 2000 feet elevation gain. So it, it was physically demanding and cold and wet and you rainy, train, snowy. You train, you train for that, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I trained for it, but I mean, the biggest thing is like to go back up that mountain every single morning, not knowing if something's going to happen, especially after the full day or the full four days of not seeing anything to shoot. Mm -hmm. and that's that's where I think that's where hunting becomes much more difficult is you start getting very negative. And if you do get negative, it can start, I mean, toying with the idea of like, why do I even do this? Right. But, um, well, I mean, the, oh, I talked to, um, sorry, I'm just <laughs> weirdly obsessive about the, the levels of that's recording right now. But anyway, I'm, all right, I'm, 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 I'm unplugging from the staring at the lines <laughs> on the screen to make sure that the recording levels are correct. I think it sounds That's fantastic. why I need a, I, I, yeah, duh. Um, that's why I need a producer. <laughs> Golly, G days, Julie Davis Gazam, Jimmy Davis Gazam. <laughs> anyway, um, last podcast was Christy Dean, mm -hmm. um, and I freaking loved talking with her so much because, like I kind of said, I think yeah earlier that was like the first time I was just like, let's just roll. I'm just gonna roll with it, and I knew what I was gonna talk about. I knew what she's she's a headhunter and she's had a lot of success in entrepreneurial pursuits, um, and. We got to the point where it's like, you know, um, if you have your uh, your ethic, your life ethic intact, um, then anything that you achieve, whether it's like bagging a buck or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. that's just whipped cream on top of the Sunday. In the in the in the, in the fact that I have like obviously family, you have um, work, you have um, faith, you have. Um, you, your health and everything like that. Um, you have things that you love to do. And one of the things that you love to do is hunting. <clears throat> and that like, as you said, it's hunt, not kill, but it's you hunt in order to kill. Um, but like, I don't know for me anyway. Um, I'm going to try as dag dag on hard as I can. In my daily pursuits but I uh, recently what's helped me go to sleep um, sound is that my important core, um, my important core values, my ethics that I've, I've, I've deemed as, you know, my totem pole of importance. Um, I'm generally always loyal to, you know, mm -hmm. and which is like underscores maybe this idea of, it's the pursuit. It's the, it's, I mean, there's no better term for a sport is uh, than hunting. 
Because that's what all everything. That's what life is, right? That's every pursuit in life is a hunt to like do your best at it. Yeah. But if you're like be prepared, you have a good diet. You don't drink too much alcohol. Da da. You're you're you know you're giving your your best with what has been given you. And uh, it's the old age old adage of uh, just like it's all you can do. You know, and it's like, and it's the training for whatever it is, which is the true nugget. It's the true nugget. And it's it's easy to talk about on a podcast and be like, you're right. We're right. All right. Great. But when you're in the arena and you're like, you know, you got to get a back up that mountain and, you know, do whatever it is after you quote, weren't successful, quote unquote, mm-hmm. if you want to find success by, you know, killing an animal. Uh, or anything, or scoring a bucket, or winning the game, or getting a job, or getting promotion, blah blah blah. That's your your metric of success. Yeah, I mean, it, it, with it's always hard for. I mean, to me, it's very hard to think about that in the moment. But when you, I think the last day I was in Alaska specifically, is normally I'm successful in my trips, but. And this one, I wasn't. Yeah, we can get in. We get further into like the shooting and yes, like, screw down all the details. long range. But um, like I said, I was hunting with a guy I met that's from Alaska, and I mean, he he was the most pot. He's like he almost he reminded me of you just because how positive he was throughout the entire trip. Because um, then on the walk down, because it takes. To get up there, two thousand feet elevation, gain through the worst brush. Snow yet it's, up there? We had snow on top. It snowed one day to the point where we had to actually drop down because we couldn't start a fire. But the day we got up there, it had a, a eight to ten inches once we got up top. But it takes us two hours plus to get up two thousand feet. So it's not if you look at flat road two thousand feet, that's easy. But it takes two hours to climb. Um, it's a slow, slow, it's slog. A slow, slow ascent. The descent is similar, but it's about an hour down. Um, slippery, steep. But while we were walking down, I was behind him and we were talking. And I mean, his positivity of it. He goes, I mean, look at the, look at the, the aspects of this hunt. What were actually positives to it? I was like, well, I got to test all my gear. And every, I mean, if you go to to test anything for the money you spend for hunting gear, which is one rabbit hole of my life, um, Alaska is the spot to go, Yeah, especially Kodiak. Kodiak is not going to be, it's not what you'd think of Alaska, like negative 50 degrees. It's going to snow up top. It's going to be rainy in the middle of the mountain. And then it's just going to be cold and wet. Where Where is Kodiak? Kodiak is, if you go Anchorage, I don't know if you know. So if you Anchorage see, is way south. I know that. Yeah, so Anchorage is on the the coastline. If you look at right. the curve of Alaska and then the Aleutian Islands go out, there's a Kodiak Island is an island yeah. in the ocean. Right. So it's about 45-minute flight from Anchorage over. And it's just, I think it's the most uh, awe-inspiring rugged place i've ever been in my life ever looked at right um and it's 
yeah, I, the, the positive thing, I got to test every single piece of gear I had. I know what I hated, know what I loved. I know it kept me warm. I know it kept me dry. The other aspect of it is like, I know I came ready. I know I was physically ready to actually hike those mountains and and get something done and didn't happen. But I mean, so the way he spun this, he goes, yeah, we didn't see any big bucks. He didn't shoot any big bucks, which is, I mean, for any hunter, like that's our end goal. But is it like it's, you look at those other positive factors. It was an awesome trip. Not everybody gets to go to Kodiak Island. I lived on a boat for seven days, and I got to do all these other things. I mean, with your with your father in law, right? Yeah, my father in law and brother in law. I mean, that's like I probably won't get to do that for. I mean, he's sixty eight now. He was hiking those. I mean, he's not gonna be able to do that for forever. Right. right. So, um, brother in law did get a good buck though. Great popped up. Great. Good one. Um, the bear right behind it. So that was in- interesting. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> so there's a buck and then a bear behind it. Yeah, bear came right down the like the, 30 uh, yards from it and dropped down the, the mountain from there. Bears don't, bears don't, bears go after deer, buck? Yeah, bears go after humans too there. Yeah. So anything. That's the problem with omnivore. Like Kodiak, um, they're the biggest bears in the world. And Kodiak bear, Kodiak bear, yeah. the brown bears, but um, yeah, grizzly the, essentially, yeah. I mean, uh, but the re like when you shoot something, you want to get it off the mountain fast, mm-hmm. um, because other no, so they'll, they'll come in in 45 want, minutes, they want your kill, yeah, they'll, they'll come in on it, and it's their domain, <laughs> yeah. So, they know how to, what to do in their dojo. Whole, uh, we had to basically had to run protection on my brother in law. Sure. While he, like while he skinned, yeah, guns. we had to have loaded guns Centuries. ready to roll. That's oh my god! So, can I come next time? Yeah, I I reckon to anybody that wants. I mean, at least I came home with fifty pounds of fish. I mean, I had a lot yeah. of halibut, a lot of cod, all that. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, it's uh, the uh, the wild thing is that like you know, they kill the buck, your brother in law killed the buck and then you guys stood around <laughs> and watching and making sure no other predators slash like not what should we really call them uh uh bolt not vultures um scavengers mm-hmm. you know scavengers or I man that's not even the right word for it it's just the way it is like it's, it was a fresh thing nature descends on it yeah and in code you're not the the top of the food chain there <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a problem right right <laughs> right kind of worrisome thing but that also adds to the, I mean, the wildness of it. But yeah, you always have a little bit of an adrenaline drip going. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I would. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. But um, yeah, it's always just like, always sort of like any day I have a podcast. Throughout the day, I'm just like a little bit more up. You know, I'm just like I'm like got some butterflies. I'm excited. You know, I'm just thinking about it a lot. It's like almost a like game day, mm-hmm. similar in a way. And when you have a game, remember back in the day, like all the whole day, it's just like my heart rate is a couple clicks up, you know? Yeah. It's probably the way it is. There's always there. an excitement. I mean, no when you're not, when, when you're not the top of the food chain, yeah. <laughs> I was, true. uh, I don't know if you were at modern day at the time when I, did you hear the story when I, my encounter with a bear? No. Oh, I might've heard it. Like with On the, outdoor, outdoor week? week. Yeah. 
It's like freaking. I was like, I don't know what I was doing. Um, I was being me. I was being 30 year old Billy Garrish. I was like, I'm not sleeping in tents. I'm sleeping by fire. I've read into the wild McCann list. Let's go. <laughs> like, like I'm going to like, I don't feel like number one. I don't have the patience to pitch the tent and all the stakes and things. It's not that it's not that uh, cold out now, but it's certainly trending that direction. So I'll just sleep by the fire. Yeah, great. So we're in uh, West Virginia somewhere. And, uh, it got cold. The fire went out. I'm asleep and tired. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I don't have the energy and desire to tend to the fire. So I'm just <laughs> going to zip my sleeping bag up over my head. You know, conserve body heat. Great. Um, meanwhile, like at, at this time, we've acquired some like stray dog that's just sort of like following us with Markov. Like you know, Markov. Uh-huh. It's just like you never know what's kind of kind of gonna happen next with matt that's what's beautiful the beautiful thing about him and that's how outdoor which kind of should be within reason um so the stray dog great all right um like i don't know middle of the night i feel like sniffing <laughs> by my like ear or like outside of my sleeping bag and i'm like that must be the dog he's like yeah get out of here uh, i don't know if it's a dog it might be a racket i don't know what it is I'm like i should maybe should figure this out i unzip it and it and like there's like a bear, a, a a black bear, not like right in my mug, thankfully, but like from here to like that wall over there, twenty. That's yards. enough in your mug that you don't want it there. Twenty yards, yeah, twenty yards. And I'm like fumbling around. Uh, I don't know. I probably have my contacts in. Yeah, I did. Um, and I was like put the light on him, and I, th- and I think it kind of scared him mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. And uh, the thing was like. Like, like like plotting like you know in like Jurassic Park you mm-hmm. know and like the first time you see a Brontosaurus like the whole like kind of screen shakes that's what <laughs> Spielberg decides to do in order to evoke the the, the power and yeah, the heaviness yeah, of the, it. The, the mass of the creature um, I felt the vibrations of this creature this monster go back into the woods <laughs> and like the next morning I have a Nalgene and it was just like it was like tinfoil Really? It was like tinfoil. <laughs> Mangled. <laughs> like, that- <laughs> I'm not getting paid enough for this job. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just sleep in a tent. Maybe it wouldn't happen. In that, uh, that thin nylon. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, who knows? Exactly right. In that thin nylon. Um, maybe it was like I had like trail mix in my pocket or something. Um, then I went and proceeded to go right over to the Kaleva people. Thinking that they're like some somehow they're like superheroes and they're gonna protect you. Right. I'm gonna sleep right next to you under your shelter. Oh my god, that's a good story. Oh my god, that's that all you want to see ever. No, no, that was that was freaky, man. But anyway, Alaska. You said like the Aleutian Islands, so. Um, Kodiak is part of the no, no, it's before not. The so it's, yeah, it's before the Aleutian 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 if you if you look at Alaska, actually, here's a perfect. You have a globe. You have a globe. Can't see Alaska. Yeah, turn it upside down. There you go. Yeah. So Kodiak's south. Yeah, Kodiak's south of Anchorage. So How, it's like uh, if you cut, if you cut uh, Alaska and in half basically Kodiak's right there you cut it in half half and then like the southern like sideways or up and down up and down like north to south got it it's a in, right in the middle of Alaska down south basically 
got it. Middle South. So, yeah, it's a. Um, uh, I was gonna say. Um, so you said that was like some of the most striking, rugged, like terrain, geography, it's, scenery, country. It's incredible. I mean, it, it's it's an island, but it's. So we live on a boat, and I mean, it's just mountains everywhere. I mean, surrounded by the ocean. I saw pictures that you posted, but it's just like no, it's like no, no. Pictures don't. I mean, what I'm saying, no, it's like pictures don't do it. No, yeah, the pictures don't do justice. It's Um, like it's like you know, you want orange juice? Here's some Minute Maid. You want the real deal? Here's you know, it's the fresh squeeze. Yeah, it's it's you can't. It's hard to just. I kind of held back from even posting the pictures because I was like, I, I felt like I was unsuccessful. But again, I know. It is what it is. But again, like it's trying to be positive for that. And that's, it was a positive trip. I loved it. I mean, I'll definitely go back and, you know, we'll probably go back in a couple of years. Did you guys light light a lot of fires? Did you guys camp? No. No. So, um, what we did is we had a charter boat. So they're called transporters. They're not guides yet. It's a do it yourself hunt. So Mm -hmm. we tell the guides where we, or the transporters where we want to go hunt and they'll take the boat there, anchor out, take us in on a Zodiac boat, and then we'll hunt the day and then radio them in to get back. And yeah, it was lived on a boat, like tiny little boat with six guys. Mm-hmm. And beds, bunks? It was bunks. I mean, Slept in the hall of a Standing up like a conehead <laughs> in the closet? It was three on each side. If you, if you can envision a boat in mm-hmm. the bow mm-hmm. underneath mm-hmm. it. It's a V shape, and then there's three bunk beds in a V shape for six grown men in the tiny. It's it, it wasn't it wasn't big, but you fucking loved it. But it was awesome. I mean, I I slept like a baby. Yeah. I mean, it, we had great food. I mean, we had we caught fish every day pretty much, and ate that for dinner and cook it right on the boat. Whatever. Yeah, cooked on the boat, and we had, had like a stove or something. Or? Yeah, they had a gas, camp chef, gas, gas propane, little uh, burner system. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we cooked. People got deer, so we cooked deer. We cooked halibut, cooked cod. So Is elk, is elk like, Rogan always talks up elk. Is elk like Elk's incredible, incredible. yeah. Um, What's the deal with elk? Um, they call a male elk bull, correct? Correct, yeah. yeah. Same with like a moose. Yeah. Bull. A bull is also like a male cow, right? Cattle. Bull, yeah. Bull. yeah. Exactly. Most males, the, bulls. Yeah. Dog bulls. Except for the bucks. Uh, elk is great. I mean, I, I haven't had the opportunity. I mean, this runs into how I apportion my life into the West, like where I choose to go hunting. Um, but yeah, elk is, I've had it before. It's the greatest meat. What's the deal? Like it's it's lean. It's <laughs> how does it like? Um, so it's like uh, I heard the other day. So if you get elk now, maybe around here, it may it might come from New Zealand. Um, like elk is not harvested maybe in in the United States that much. So no, there's plenty of elk shot in the United States because that's really commercially. So, I mean, so the biggest thing with anytime. A restaurant says that it's wild game. It's farm raised. It's not someone go hunt. Someone goes to hunt it, mm-hmm. and they, they can't mm-hmm. do that. It's not. It's not legal. So it's farm raised in an it's environment. Not legal to hunt elk. 
It's legal to hunt elk, but it's not legal to commercially Marshall sell Island. it to a restaurant. So it has to be a farm raised. Does that, go, does that with respect to all? All. If you go to any restaurant, you know. Yeah. Clyde's say, doesn't have some guy out there on the Oregon Trail shooting exactly. buffalo for bison burgers. Right. It's yeah. a farm raised bison. They have a contract. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Raise it's it, just, yeah, feed I mean, it, I, fatten it. I'm not it. running into the like FDA requirements, but yeah, you can't. Like if I was hunting and I went to like Clyde's and said, hey, I have three deer. <laughs> Can you buy it for me? How, you much, how, it. how much you want for exactly. it? Exactly. That doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But yeah, so the elk um, would be farm raised in most aspects. So most likely from Texas or I mean, Colorado, Wyoming too, they have farms that have it. Um, it's it's similar to ranches like with cattle. Similar to like fish. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love salmon. Um, and I uh, generally like the farm raised salmon that's fattier. Oh, the, you have to go to the Alaskan go, salmon. Go, you go to, <laughs> go to Alaska. For real. Oh, man. Come on. I mean, it's red, red. It's like oh, red. It's, is, pink. it's, yeah, it's right redder. There. It's pinker. Um, the, uh, but like you've had, like, you know, you go to the market here and you get farm raised salmon. Mm hmm. It's great. <laughs> It's good, yeah. It's good it's until fattier. you. It's good until you haven't. If until you've had the real thing for real. Then, oh, it's All right, fine. it's insane. Do they do it with soy sauce and brown sugar and up there? And they'll lemon? do they'll do salmon candy. I've had it before, <sighs> but that? we caught king salmon in Alaska. Had it that same night. It's incredible. How'd you cook it? They did. Kevin Charles. Kevin Charles. Actually, I talked to him on the phone today. We, He's like, this is the Alaskan recipe. Soy, lemon, brown sugar, and butter. I think there's multiple recipes. <laughs> Kevin Charles being extreme. <laughs> no way. I mean, I would agree. I don't know if he called. I mean. This is it. I was this with a couple Alaskans there. We just we did it the normal way that you would do farm-raised here. It's kind of in an oven. That well played, sir. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> One more drop. I just poured beer into this cup. Hit, that, is that, hit that nose oil and just tap it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what it is? Yeah. Nose oil? Yeah, it's oil for your face. It drops the foam. Oh, really? So see? This? Yeah. Maybe it's just a matter of time. No, see, it's dropping. It's also time. Time helps. Maybe. <laughs> It's like, hey, I got a headache. Take some Advil, and you're going to be fine in like four hours. Well, maybe just like the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it helps helps the process. Like, yeah. yeah all right, fine. <laughs> fine, Devin. Um, I was going to say, though. Um, all right. I got to get some real Alaskan salmon. But yeah. like, do you feel bad killing things? Like, I remember... Let me just give a... Quick, I'll give you two quick stories. Number one, I had a BB gun and I shot a bird from my power line and I saw it like uh, limp away and I felt really bad. That was when I was like, I don't know, like 39. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's when I was like 10, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, another time, it's like I went shooting ducks and it was like kind of like a release thing, but who, I mean, it doesn't really Yeah, happen. tower release. Uh, but I was like, I shot a mallard, so I got it. My dad always used to like uh, sh shoot waterfowl. And uh, my dad's friend is like, here, you got to ring the neck. I took it on a ring the neck. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. It's not enjoyable. No, I, I um, 
if you no, I don't, I don't like it. It's yeah. never fun. Yeah, to take that life. But then when you, I mean, to not sound corny, once it's done, I mean, you utilize the animal to eat it. And that that's my the biggest thing. It's like I'm not discarding that animal once it's killed and just taking the horns to it. Like I'm gonna enjoy that meat. Yeah. My neighbors will enjoy the meat. My family will enjoy the meat. Um, but no, I've never, I've never gotten used to it. Like I always feel bad. Yeah. To an extent, but then you also have to look at naturally occurring deaths with animals in general are horrible. You look at older, um, older ungulates like deer. Ungulates are deer, elk, whatever. Um, Ungulate is ungulate. Like the, the general family. Yeah, like the spe- like the genus. Not the species. Not the species. Um, I King guess. Philip died. Monkey. Are <laughs> they drinking chocolate yeah. milk? <laughs> Kingdom filing class or right. family genus species. Something like that. Kingdom yeah, I think you just got it. That's pretty so, good. Kingdom. Yeah, I, 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 that's, I think that's definitely the order. Kingdom filing class or family yeah. genus. It's like one of those things like, how do I remember that? It's you know like it's like the song, the killer song from Burrito, just like comes back. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, hundred like percent. PEMDAS too. Yeah. Um. No, it, it's it's not. Yeah, if you look at naturally occurring deaths, I mean, whether, I mean, in Kodiak, not. I'll talk about other trips and everything out west here in the lower forty-eight. But if you get older bucks that lose teeth, I mean, they can't eat. They'll starve. You have lions that get them. Mountain lions. Bears. Mm-hmm. I'm not. No, it's 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 like all right. Let's take a crude analogy or whatever. Let's humanize perhaps the analogy. It's like our uh, when a person is in like has done great things in his life, and it's like all right, and he's like fifty or maybe sixty, and he just dies or whatever. It's like you know what. That's not a horrible idea, you know, because mm-hmm. like you're the maybe perhaps your best years are behind you, right? And like you're gonna be able to become crossword king later <laughs> in life, but like maybe those aren't your most happy years, but maybe they are. I don't know, but like it's hard to take it and, and humanize it because like an animal's life is merely to like live, eat, procreate. Mm-hmm. Eat more, procreate. That's it. You know the way the way we find quote enjoyment. I don't know. We if find it, feeling. I don't the know if enjo- feeling enjoyment or like emotion applies to very other, very few other animals besides us. You know, so they, yeah. dolphins have sex for fun or whatever. Um, there's some other animals that like I think they're examples of you know doing things outside of just utility. They right? seem human like, yeah. Yes, um, but most animals are pure utility right it's like uh i think it's like the elk that like i think rogan shot right and he's like he killed it and they looked at his teeth the teeth are not have teeth it's basically has to eat grass all day long in order to get the amount of nutrition needed because he can't eat any it'll meat. continue to starve yeah. and it's just like he just eats grass all day he or she eats grass all day yeah, in order I mean, to there's, get the requirements there can be arguments constantly about what's ethical what's not what ethical and i mean you look at everything that eh, hunters. I mean, I'm not going to jump into what's good, what's not, and what's better, what's not. But um, 
I mean, hunters are the most, are the best conserva- conservationists yeah. in the country. I mean, there's specific congressional bills that have been passed that specifically put money straight to state grants and, and yeah. funds to either protect wildlife, protect wetlands, protect areas of land for conservation. Um, But yeah, it's never, it's never fun. It's not fun to, I mean, it's fun to finish the hunt, finish and enjoy the the meat from it. But yeah, you, I don't think you ever get excited. My dad always used to say like, Hey, you know, if we didn't kill a deer, they mean they would run and they would, cars would hit them and then like people would die. You know, basically we've, obviously being like the top of the, the thing um developed land we've developed right. the, the we've developed quote their land um which is also our land you know human beings are still like you know you know what if deer started to make you know houses and and, right. and roads and stuff like that all right all right they're developing their we're developing our land fine we share it with these animals but like you know if uh, the deer develop roads and everything like that, and the human beings decide to cross the road and they get hit by a deer car <laughs> or a deer <laughs> deer tractor, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, right? right. It's like we got to thin out the species. Yeah, you it, know? it's you look at it. You know, that, that's a horrible death. Horrible death yeah. for a deer. I mean, you don't I don't, get hit maybe by a maybe car. not. Like it can be a horrible death for a human to hit a deer. I mean, it, yeah, there's not. It, it's, it's it's not. It's not killing is not fun in general. It's not something that. Most people enjoy, right. even hunters. But it's right. there's a means to an end, and it. I enjoy that as a hobby, but I enjoy it as a lifestyle in general. Like, I mean, for the most part, I have a. I'm flirting with obsession, with hunting. Really, yeah. It uh, outside of my family, obviously I work, but I think about it. I constantly like. I'm never going to become that expert and know everything about it, but I, mean, the, what I, I think I the, think uh, about it all the time. What's the obsession? Or why? I mean, I know, the, but what, why? Um, can you put that in the words? Yeah. So I think there's, I'm going to try to put it into words. Yeah. Um, I'd like to look at my hobbies and interests as far as hunting goes as multiple faceted rot, rabbit holes. Meaning, <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start it quickly, like where it came from and how it progressed and, and evolved from there. So I grew up in Kensington, Maryland, where I live currently. I live three blocks from where I grew up. Um, did have no idea where I got the whole hunting from. My dad doesn't hunt. My dad's from D.C. No, no background whatsoever. So... I think the the first key picture of where it started was my buddy had a my buddy in grade school had a farm in Pennsylvania where I shot my first gun. From there it kind of progressed to my interest in that and then from there it progressed from college in Penn State where I, I hunted deer and then from there actually went to modern day where Geimer, Kevin Charles mm-hmm. I mean when I was teaching there mm-hmm. we go duck hunt and we keep bashers up in Potomac and do it right before, right before school. Mm-hmm. So it, it progressed from there into like a, a very obsession with duck hunting. And then I continued with duck hunting and kind of did that for the most part on the East coast, Eastern shore and went to deer hunting, stand hunting around here. And then I met Justine 
He's from Oregon, which is a whole different kind of book uh, of you her, hunting. Did you meet her through hunting? Through, uh... No, so her co-worker played at Penn State with me. Or, excuse me, her co-worker went to Penn State and knew a buddy that I was on, it was on the same team with me. So they kind of like linked us together in this area. And then obviously my father-in-law kind of got me into the whole Western hunting, which is totally different than kind of East coast, Midwest. It's stand hunting. And from there kind of progressed into the West, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. Westward expansion of yeah, it, man. I guess. Manifest destiny. Yeah. Um, that's as quickly as I could go through kind of what my... I was adjusting the... Sorry, again, my brain. I was adjusting the window. <laughs> window. What was like the first step, first iteration, the first thing that got you like, hey, I love, this could be a thing? Or the first exposure. What was it? Like in... Uh, when you were with your buddy or something, didn't you say? You mean like originally? Yeah, yeah, the first thing. So the first thing was Prime so grade school. My my buddy had a his parents had a farm in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you know Brendan Spielman. Yeah, shout out to Brendan Spielman. I haven't seen him in years, but anyway, that's uh, shotguns there. That was kind of the first taste of it. I, I What'd would you guys shoot? Rifles, pistols, just yeah, shotguns. Shotguns. Yeah, you're uh, how old are you? In high school, right? No, I, I was probably younger than that, I think, because I think we needed permission from our parents to go shoot. Because um, we had, they just wanted to make sure that it was okay that we shot guns, and it was. Um, but it, that wasn't even like a taste of hunting. Like, so I don't know where, I think that's just my peaked interest of being in the country, in the wild, I guess, outdoors. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, really, like, at Penn State, it's kind of where I'd, I started hunting in the mornings prior to class with buddies. And your and your your parent and your dad never... Was that, yeah. No, so I, I like, always... Does dad still drink the Jameson? No, he doesn't drink anymore, but he had... Does he drink anymore? No. He's dry? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a health issue for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But... I, th- I still think there's Jameson downstairs from that St. Patrick's Day party. Like boxes of Jameson. That was yeah. like, I think I think about liquor or booze or alcohol that doesn't go bad. It doesn't. Unless, unless yeah. you have like wines, and, wines bad. and things. Or it's like <laughs> you have to turn them every year or something like that. Right. You know? But yeah. like, it's, I think it's interesting that like, you know, you could play like what made, what made shooting stick. You know, like you do, you're exposed to a lot of things when you're younger. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like it's not soccer, lacrosse, yes, or like you know, you go to the park and you know, throw a frisbee, no, like you know, read this and that, and like yes, and this no, like you know, yeah. <laughs> Where did it, I don't know. Maybe, it's hard to maybe say you're just born, you're you're meant for a different different time, different century. Like I said, <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, I'm always thinks that my her side of the family is from Southern Maryland. I don't know. Either way, like it's piqued my interest. I, I always joke with my dad, or still joke with it. He thinks, I feel like my dad thinks it's a hobby that'll probably kick, mm-hmm. but I'm 35 now. Mm-hmm. 
to that hot casseroles. So it's just, casseroles kind of been in the oven for a while. Right, yeah, it's it's, like, it's kind of there. It's a green. I don't think it's a fad anymore. I mean, did your dad want it? Want you to kick it? No, um, no. I think not, they just don't a, understand not healthy it at all. It's very healthy. It's very healthy. No, very I, healthy. I just think they haven't understood it. I mean, it, it's. It's what how I kind of correlate it to is it, I mean people obviously have I'm not going to call it any obsessions but people love golfing mm-hmm. I mean I love hunting I love shooting mm-hmm. I mean I've I'm, I mean everyone has their sort of has obsessions you know what I'm saying yeah it's I like, mean they have healthy obsessions that kind of just well, keep things their that they love to do that, right. that's why you live life that's what separates us from elk yeah. And I think the the bigger thing is that, yeah, people hunt around here. I know plenty of people that hunt. I mean, but I think not, not most people think about it like twenty five no. hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I I mean, just seeing. I think she she's great because I mean I'm lucky I married a woman that is from that world, from the west west, and then mm-hmm. understands it. In general, because I, I, I don't think you would marry. I mean, to an extent, like that's one of the reasons why you're you guys got married. Not obviously because she's like a a, a hunter, but like that's a huge part of her. We're perso- of like minds, personality. Yeah, and I mean, she was. That's how she was raised. That's her family. That's like, yeah, it's that's how you're attracted to an, uh, someone that's like a similar interests and in these other things, values. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean. That's exactly what it was. I mean, it wasn't just hunting. It was just, obviously, right. my wife is amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the fact that she understands that, I mean, mm-hmm. I I have, I guess, a compulsion to whatever I enjoy or want to do, I kind of dive head first, head first for deep. it and continue it. Um, That's the beautiful thing that we have. We started the podcast. Yeah. You know I mean, That's so how we started the podcast. Yeah. I, I I agree. Kind of yeah. comes back full circle all the time. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, that's like I said, I have a, I flirt with obsession with it and it's definitely healthy. It's just the fact that I, I love it. I mean, it, it, it gives me, like, people go to the islands for vacation. I train for my vacation. My vacation isn't a vacation. It's work, but it, it allows me to like kind of ease my mind. I get to, the only person that can actually contact me yeah. in the entire world while I'm hunting is my wife or she comes with me. She was 15 weeks pregnant when we were in New Mexico last year and she was hiking. We hiked in six miles. We shot the first one. I mean, so it, like I get those to me, it's a story behind how it all happened. Like how everything kind of came to fruition. Like, yeah, the shots there, like the, the, the trophy or the the animals right there, but it's everything that led up to that is to me the most like important facet of my life when I have those stories to tell. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a vocation in the strongest form of the word. I would say it's like everything. It's like the theme of the podcast. The theme of life is like there are certain things that you're called to do or just like that, that, that scream from within, how do they got there? We could, we could talk about it a long time and contemplate it and, 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 and poke at it. But it's like, it, you're probably never going to really get it. No, you know, 
but it's it, but it's but it's I think it's enjoyable and necessary to talk about it and think about it. But like um it's a it's it's a thing that is a feeling or an inclination or a desire that is inside you that it would pale that feeling uh pales in comparison to like the reward of having a rack on the wall right it's a fucking kidding me because like that would those are the, mo- the most important things are that which cannot be touched yeah, and you, then, you then can't you explain it. The pictures step. don't do the justice. Say that the next step. The most important thing is that which cannot be touched and that which cannot be put to words. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and that's like the the love you have for your wife, for your family, and for the things that you love to do the most ever. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. It's like it's and and that there's no way it, it would it would be a fraud. It would be unfortunate. It would be a freaking disappointment if you could like if that would be a real thing if the, if the if the thing on the wall was like or whatever it might be is like the embodiment of what's inside yeah if that's all it no was hell, no then that way. yeah if, if that's all it was i mean there's no reason to do that's it that's not it's not a true love no i mean that's that's it's, it's basically a, buying into it and you, you can't buy stories. You can't buy life experiences. It's playing a game and, for a Super Bowl ring, like right. Yeah. So I mean that that's how I get. And like when you're like older and you can't do it anymore, you're like, all right, look at that. You know. Yeah, I killed that. You know, and uh, but then that goes into a story, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, with Rogan, my son. I mean, <laughs> he was on a very hard hunt with us in New Mexico while he was. I mean, in the womb. I mean, the doctor, the, we went to the doctor the first time week before we were supposed to fly out. And she's like, no, don't go. And just seems like, nope. We're going. <laughs> we're going. I mean, it, it, she, no one knew about it. It was just me and her. And uh, the funniest story behind it is like her dad was with me. Like he came just to tag mm-hmm. along. Right. And whose dad? Justine's. Oh, okay. Um, and we couldn't tell him. That she was pregnant because it was going to be a surprise. It's the funniest story <laughs> I think I, behind it is the guy that was with us. She at, at one point because we were still trying to kind of figure out like how much she needed to eat to like feel okay like while she was pregnant. And this one night we were out like because we're hunting from we leave at three thirty in the morning. We're coming back at nine o'clock at night, so we're hunting all day. So if we don't bring enough Jesus. food. For her specifically, like she's gonna get slightly grouchy. So she got slightly grouchy, <laughs> pretty grouchy on the way home. And the next morning, we were hunting. It was like four in the morning. She goes to the guy. It was just be her and the guy in, in the truck. Her dad was outside. She's like, "Hey, I have to tell you, like, I'm pregnant. Can't tell my dad, but this was going on." And then we commenced for three more days with like we we're hiking eight, nine miles a day, potentially sometimes. And then she's hiking on these like super steep slopes. So it's, to me, it's stories like some things I'll never forget as far as that goes. Like that deer I shot is great. It's awesome. And I worked for it, but the, the cool stories behind that is what I get to tell Rogan and everything from there. Yeah. I mean, also from like almost like a, uh, mathematical or, or a practical standpoint 
It's like, or a, a logical standpoint. It's like you spend a lot more time training and doing and trekking and processing and getting there. And like you spend a fraction of a, of a second or a second or two, maybe five, whatever, shooting the thing. It's a matter of like time on task. <laughs> The process is a lot longer yeah, the, it's, than, than the like the it's exceptionally than the getting of even whatever the it is after that is even, I mean even if you apply that to athletics it's like a game is like three hours for football but like the hours of that get gets you to the be able to play in the game it's just like from if you, from a non sentimental standpoint <laughs> you know what I'm saying right from a purely like um, time on task. Um, uh yeah, expose the exposure is to the training, not necessarily the game. Yeah, I mean, or the not, not the game or the 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 final, like the final score to what it. What you dwell with, you dwell mostly with the process. Yeah, so I mean, even I mean, once that shot's taken, like you have even more work to do. I mean, that and you got to flay the thing, right? You cut yeah, it all you, up and all you, that. We have to break it down, and I mean, yeah, you break it down. I mean, it's different. East Coast is. Hunting is much different than West Coast. Like you're, or Western, um, East Coast, you're usually just field dressing it, meaning you're just kind of hollowing it out, for lack of a better term, and gutting, yeah, um, and just kind of dragging it out, the whole body it's out. Brutal. Depends how far it is. No, I mean just the brutal, like cutting into it and like cutting out stuff. Like it's like the surgeon aspect of like the blood and all the organs and things. It's not that. I mean. You kind of doesn't smell bad, does it? it? It depends if you hit, as long as you don't hit a gut. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it smell like rancid, like it's like no, a, it doesn't smell rancid unless you hit the meat. gut, like I said. But because really? um, in the gut, there's like old. Food in the gut, it's basically like everything comes out the other end. But <laughs> it, uh, it, you kind of get used to that. You just it's a quick little thing, and it runs out. But yeah. when you're when we're out of the mountains, like miles in, like you have to break it down into four quarters, and then pack it all out. So talking from a deer buck perspective, yeah. So yeah. basically, four hind there are two hind legs, two front legs. So like, you got the rib like, meat, like a chicken. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at that. I think my the the fun part about it and the horrible. Reality aspect of not even real no the horrible aspect yeah, after you finish yeah, that yeah. shot you take it off then you gotta walk it out yeah you know and walking out i mean you're you, walking out is what brutal i mean walking out's brutal i mean you gotta, you gotta like a, a looking bloody, at four six mile walk pack outs you're walking with 110 pound packs so that's again put it the, in some sort of like satchel yes yeah, so you put it in game bags and put it in my yeah. backpack and um it's almost like I gotta go to the bathroom again. I do too. But uh, let's wrap it up. All right. You want to? Uh, we don't have to, but I think let's just wrap it up. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna end, but I just want to. You might know this tidbit about. Um, let me let me lead with this. The so oftentimes people contemplate batter around, um, batter around, or yeah. Um, what's the most important invention of all time? Mm-hmm. You know. People oftentimes say the wheel, the light bulb, um, Velcro, zipper. Uh, but um, I'm going to argue, 
and I don't think it could be argued out of that it's fire. And you know, the people like talk about like Australopithecus, like pre prehistoric humans, all these <laughs> early, early, early humans, right? Um, used to eat meat. Mm-hmm. You know this, right? Um, right. And they used to eat it raw, right? Yeah. And then <clears throat> um, when the light bulb or the lightning struck or like the fire was lit or whatever you want to say, they're like, hey, um, if you put it close to fire, you know, it tastes better. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, it cooks off a lot of the shit. You know, so uh, the bacteria mostly. Um, and so when you start eating it, um, the stomach doesn't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. Do you know the story or not? I've heard a, a version of it. Or whatever. Yeah. So cooking meat over the flame. Okay. Allowed for in the evolution of humans over thousands of years. Right. For the human stomach to shrink because it didn't mm-hmm. have to work as hard. The fire operated as an external stomach. So the stomach shrank by half its size. And the and and consequently, all right, there's this blood. There's still the same amount of blood circulating through the veins and everything like that. Where's it going to go? It's going to go back to almost like where it started, not necessarily the heart, but a lot of it went to the brain. And the brain was allowed to grow double in size hmm. by eating meat. Eating meat over a flame, yeah. but by eating meat. And then obviously all the other inventions like propagated forward from that idea. Yeah. You know, from that invention Makes of sense. fire. There you go. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. It's one of the coolest things I've ever learned, like teaching like Western Civ or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then you got the vegans. I'm like, <laughs> good on you. Good on good and try. I would just moderate moderation, you know. Yeah, you, don't you got to. to be this smart to be able to create the word vegan on account of um, your ancestors eating meat. All meat? Mm, yeah, bam. <laughs> Agreed. All right, brother. Uh, parting words. No, it's fun. Amen. We'll do it again. Not do it again. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Been fun. I'm going to put, uh, you got a song? I had that one song. I got one. You're going to like it. On a warm summer's eve, <laughs> on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. <laughs> The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said Son, I made life People's faces Funny thing a, uh, One of my friends in Santa Fe When I was getting my master's I'm doing like the old pee dance in my chair uh, He would be like He would sit at a table and be like Hey, uh, one night I was on a train bound for nowhere. And uh, you know what? I met it with a gambler. And they would say it conversationally and really well. And like telling telling a story and like halfway through the person's like, wait a minute. Gonna play the game boy. You gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold when to hold. No, when to 
No wind to walk away, no wind to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the deal is done. All right. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Getting a little excited over here. I guess it's time to end. Devin Madden, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. Bye-bye. What you just heard was a pillar of community. What lights your fire? What gets you out of bed? What speaks in your heart? These are the questions of pillars. And it is these pillars who have the answers. Pillars live these personal truths with with hearts on fire every day and with everything they do. And this is why they stand pillars of community. In Fuego, Billy Garish. Pillars of Community Podcast Production 2021. Be a pillar.